Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Crack the Customer Code, where your hosts, Jeannie and Adam, unlock the secrets to keeping your customers happy and coming back for more. Jeannie, what's in your wallet? Not enough. Not enough. <laughs> Is there cash? <laughs> I, I have an I have a, a, a Ocean's Eleven team outside your house ready to go. Oh, really? Well, they're going to be very disappointed. <laughs> very disappointed. <laughs> yeah, really, uh, you know, we probably couldn't, couldn't afford the beverage cart for that yeah, team. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. Poor but ROI. You know, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But you know what is interesting? Uh, and we haven't talked about it in a while. Customer experience in banking. Because uh, mm. I remember back last year, you know, like, I think it was like in October, I read this article about customer experience in banking being dead. Oh, geez. Is it dead? Give Jeannie, me a is break. It, let's just not even talk about the, the, the points in the article. Let's just say, is it dead or not? Okay. Do you want me to go here? Because <laughs> no, no. Let's get let's get let's be fair to the author. Let's get into the point. So, um, yeah, basically, so what the author put forth, and there was a, a few different things. I'm actually just going to read part of it here. Mm-hmm. Uh, executives have been convinced and convinced themselves that financial products are commodities and that the only way to differentiate in the market is through a superior customer experience. Maybe that was true at some point, but it's not true today. Financial institutions that cling to the belief that improving the customer experience, whatever that is, snark, uh-huh. <laughs> is the key to winning customers and differentiating themselves from their competitors are misreading the trends in the market. And then he puts forth basically three trends, which we can get into. Mm-hmm. Uh, something called consumers' shadow financial lies, which we'll talk about. The rise of community fintechs and embedded finance, which is a lot of deep financial terms. So we're going to have to unpack this a bit. But it is his argument for why we are misreading the trends in the market. And customer experience, whatever that is, is not important in <laughs> banking anymore. Uh, okay. So a couple things here. One is that it's, of course, it's important. And you and I have talked about this because we are both business owners and we have both had <laughs> conversations where we have railed against banks that we've had to deal with because of the poor customer experience. I personally have been looking into alternatives and experimenting with some of these things because of the customer experience specifically. Um, or lack thereof, I should say. (laughs) And then the other thing here is that these trends are absolutely important, but they still involve customer experience. Customer experience is not something that is either on or off. I mean, that's, that's the ridiculous part of this argument, in my opinion, because it's something that is happening, whether or not you say the words customer experience. 
it's still happening. <laughs> so, it's still happening. So, well, the question is, is it important? Um, and bank, I would agree, you know, you and I have talked about this many times. I actually wrote an article, we'll try to make sure we link to it very long time ago, um, about just essentially banking customer experiences based on um, switching costs. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, they're, yeah, they're, 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 uh, recently has changed. A lot of the chatter this um, author is referring mm-hmm. to is the reaction to the fact that we've all been captive. And it's just such a night just to change a checking account with yeah. all the direct deposits and every, and for a business. Forget it. You, this is what you and I have talked about with small businesses. It's just mm-hmm. a nightmare. It's not yeah. because the experience is good. It's because we're ca- we're basically captive customers. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, this um, let's talk about this first thing here. This is the uh, consumers shadow financial lives. And basically the argument is that there's all you know, there's buy now, pay later, which we've discussed mm-hmm. uh, in the last season on the podcast. Um, there's all these like automated saving tools that are intermediaries, right? They are not the bank. They're not, uh, improvements of the experience of the bank. Um, but this to me still falls under product innovation. Uh, and this is even, even if it's it's either product innovation at the bank or it's product innovation in the industry, right? Mm -hmm. One way or the others. Um, and yeah, I don't think that necessarily negates the need for customer experience. Now we can talk about whether customer experience diminishes in importance um, in, in any industry. Because the first thing I ask, like if somebody's like, you know, hey, blah, 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 blah. I was like, what industry are you in? Mm-hmm. Because you know what? If you, uh, I don't know, if you are a commodities broker, right? And yeah, it's going to matter, but it doesn't matter the same as if you're a retail, you know, uh, right. fast well, fashion store, right? I mean, it, it is it is somewhat, can be somewhat relative to the industry. Yes, and, as they say and. in improv, um, <laughs> and. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would argue that product innovation in the way that you just described it is actually reacting to setting better uh, expectations for customers, delivering on those expectations, creating a better customer experience. So the fact that, you know, customers have been saying for a long time, I want a better way to save these automated saving to, savings tools are providing that better way. That's going to attract a certain group of customers because that's exactly the experience that they're looking for. So I tend to think of customer experience in this really broad way. And when we're talking about things that are product driven, for instance, if they're delivering on that need for customers, then that absolutely is the customer experience. That's what customers will talk about to their friends. They'll say, I found this bank that actually does this for me, even if it's a third party doing it for them. But if the bank is integrating it well, that's providing that customer experience ecosystem that is really delivering value for the customers. Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, that's where it gets uh, where it gets fuzzy is that it's all part of an ex- a customer experience, right. uh, but it's just sort of spread out across different uh, different sets of books, so to speak, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that's where it gets real interesting. And I would also, uh, you know, to sort of echo what you said in a little bit different way, that some of these tools are emerging um, because of a failure of customer experience. They yep, are you know, absolutely. They are yeah. emerging to address that I don't want to deal with my bank on these, yep. <laughs> on these issues. I, I I want this service. My bank won't do it. Mm-hmm. Hey, look, there's a whole bunch of people that want this service. We're going to make it. And I think the other part of that is that it's non-traditional institutions that are responding to that in some cases. So you're get you're seeing not the traditional banks necessarily creating these products, but uh, the the financial ecosystem products, you know, the, the 
um, online accounting firms, or not firms, but online accounting tools now are providing some banking tools for their customers. So really kind of expanding the lens of, of what does this mean to have a bank? It's not going in and seeing the big building anymore. It's so much more than that. And I think that's what these these non-traditional players are really responding to. Yeah, 100%. And they're, you know, when we say non-traditional players, most of them, I mean, just going by the names, I, I don't know any of these names. Um, <laughs> and I'm pretty up on this stuff for, in general. Uh, I mean, they're all startups. Yeah, well... Right? I mean, yeah. pretty much ninety plus percent of them. There, are, yeah, they're, they're some startup. of them are actually. Well, the ones, branching ones off the ones, he, some of these other ones. But. Yeah, but the ones he mentioned in the article, yeah. these are all startups. These are like mm-hmm. I never yep. heard of any of these. Uh, except, well, so, heard of one. But here's the thing. Um, so we talked about community fintechs. This mm-hmm. is another thing, and his argument there is they're winning customers because their products address like unique communities. Mm-hmm. Like serving yep. uh, low to middle income consumers, things like that. We talked about that last season. I, you know, I'd mentioned that, um, you know, I th- oh, well, you and I talked about it actually. I can't remember because I've been doing a, a few a few Ally Bank uh, examples in the past. Uh, but you know that Ally got rid of the fees, right? Yep. The um, what do you mm-hmm. call them? Late ch- checking. Or- yeah, something. We can't. Neither of us know what we're talking know, about. But, but exactly. Uh, yes, yeah, so overdraft fees. That would yes. be it. Uh, right. And one of the things they mentioned themselves in the statement was, you know, our customers that use our purely online bank, mm-hmm. a lot of them are paycheck to paycheck. Yep. They are the people who pay it <laughs> and who it affects the most. Yep. So, yep. and I think a lot of these, um, you know, like mm-hmm. Chime and these other businesses are finding these um, targets, right? These These populations that aren't just you know, small town in Ohio, community yeah. bank, and they're addressing them. But I think you bring up a good point, which is that some of these community banks have been addressing these needs in a very personal and very localized way. And yet now we're in a world that is global, that is about finding things on our phone whenever we need them. And so these organizations are kind of stepping into that role in a in a scalable macro way because I mean I've worked with financial institutions there was one here in Chicago and they had to figure out okay what do we do about Fridays because their population that's when they got their paychecks so the bank would get super crowded lines would get really long all these things because there was also a distrust of automation so they didn't want to use the ATMs they didn't you know they wanted to make sure they could look a teller in the eye and say this is going into my account, right? And so they, you know, we had to problem solve around that. We had to problem solve. There was another organization that I worked with in the South that actually served a um, Hispanic population and English was not their first language. And so they had to figure out how do we make sure that they are getting the information in the way that, you know, they can understand it and uh, serve their needs. So they created kind of these little community pods where somebody could walk in and deposit a paycheck, but they could also get information about homeowners insurance. They could also get information about uh, what what was available to them as far as financial products, not just from this bank, but from their partners as well. So I think in those examples, you can see that some of these needs have been served in these really hyper-localized ways. The challenge we've always had is that to go to these bigger banks, to go to these bigger institutions, you didn't get that type of personalized experience. And now these are stepping in and saying, hey, 
if this is what you want, we can help you, right? In a in a bigger way. You mean like the big bank uh, who will remain nameless, whose uh, branch I went to, and they're like, we don't have tellers anymore. You can use the ATM. I was like, can you help me? <laughs> He's like, the ATM. Right. I can show you how to literally. I can show you how to use the ATM. I was like, you're standing right there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there was a big backlash uh, uh, several years ago when one of those big banks tried to charge people for using tellers. I don't know if you remember that, but there was going to be a fee and there was so much backlash that they had to back off. (laughs) They had to back down, right. Uh, And again, I'm like sitting there like, I know what you're doing. You're trying to train me. And yeah. you're training me. You're training me to move my money elsewhere. Well, of course, I didn't, and that's the point because it's such a pain in the butt, and I'm so busy, right? I mean, that's where it just that's where it just gets uh, so difficult. And I and I think though that's also where I would take ex- one of the ways I would take exception with the article, which is when you think about customer experience, when you think about um, what you want from a bank, mm-hmm. all of these things still involve the bank. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you um, your uh, app that saves your money or uh, one of the examples I used was uh, uh, how a Lyft has this card, right, where it has all this um, value and um, they get all kinds mm-hmm. of like, rewards and all this stuff. Right. Um, and that's not part of the bank. Well, yeah, but the money has to get to the bank. And when it doesn't work, you have to deal mm-hmm. with the bank. And, you know, there's all these places where there are going to be touch points. There are going to be experiences yep. with the bank. And it's going to matter. Um, because a lot of people, uh, it is getting easier to move mm-hmm. for a lot of people. Yep. Uh, and particularly with all these options, um, you know, I think banks are seeing that. So I would, uh, I think there's some good points in the article. Um I am not quite ready to write the obituary myself of customer experience and banking. Uh, far from it. Yeah, I, I think we need to um, maybe have a follow up about what customer experience really is, because in some ways, I think the author is defining it in a way that is very much about just service is just about reactive no, service. No, no, Jane, Jane, you missed it. He's not defining it. He said customer experience, whatever, whatever that, that is. Whatever that is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So... Maybe that's where some education would be helpful, but because I think everything we just talked about that is kind of luring people away from those traditional banks, that is offering something else, that is customer experience. That is understanding your customers, looking out for the needs that have not been met, figuring out how to exceed their expectations, and then providing that to them. That is customer experience. So that's where I take a little exception. And I, yeah, I think there's a big gap between product Mm-hmm. And um, experience, obviously the two are linked, but there's a big gap between them. There are very different things. And I think it's easier to confuse them when the product is not tangible, when the product is a service, like banking. Well, I'm, right. And I, I think people, yeah, it's very easy for, for me to make the argument that, okay, I love my iPhone. I don't love Apple or whatever. I'm not saying that. I'm just right. saying like as an example. Um, but it's, it gets squishier when the product is a service for mm-hmm. people. Um, but you and I know the difference, and that's why we're here doing the Crack the Customer Code podcast, Jenny. Well, and you know, I'd be curious what our listeners think about this. So let us know. Reach out to us on social media. We are all over the place. Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, all of those places. Just like this conversation, we are all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> And we know you are too. So thank you for taking some time in your busy life and being here with us, listening to Crack the Customer Code. 
We continue to be a proud member of C-Suite Radio, so be sure to check out all the great business content at csuiteradio.com and csuitetv.com. I'm Jeannie Walters. You can find me at experienceinvestigators.com. And I'm Adam DePork, and you can connect with me at customersthatstick.com. Until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.